0: evening, wherever it is that you're finding yourselves right now. I am so excited to be talking to you today. Happy Wednesday. We're in the middle of the week. We're, you know, halfway through, you know, getting through all our projects and all our tasks and, you know, just having fun as well. And I hope that you guys are having fun. I cannot believe that we are almost at the end of the year. We're looking, we're we're actually almost in the middle of September. And I was just talking to my team the other day. I'm like, hey, let's look at the schedule for the rest of the year. And I'm thinking, and I'm looking at what is still ahead of us. I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) we're basically there. So I'm very excited today to be talking about trauma. And I really want to focus on today's topic about how trauma affects the body. But also I want to touch on how does ancestral trauma also affect the body. This is a very interesting topic and one that I am very, very deeply passionate about in metaphysical anatomy techniques. So most of you here, maybe if you know my research, if you know my work, if you've come to my events, you know, it's all about looking at, you know, resolving trauma, resolving stress, how to really reclaim your sense of quality of life and how to work through depression, how to work through anxiety, how to work through maybe childhood traumas that maybe took place in your life that you just really couldn't shake off and that trauma continued to you know, cause stress for you in your life. And now, how do we know that trauma is trauma? Well, at the end of the day, really anything that happened to you that continues to influence your quality of life after the event took place and you haven't been fully able to reclaim that same level of quality of life after the trauma took place now of course i mean that in the negative sense so that's normally when something actually becomes traumatic to a person And this is something that happens to all of us. I mean, there's times where we experience a lot of stress even. And if we endure that stress over a long period of time, even that in itself can also become traumatic. And so for some of you here, you might be able to hear the crickets in the background. That's because I'm in Bali. I'm in beautiful, beautiful Bali where, you know, the crickets are going wild. We have wildlife. We have monkeys. We have have the occasional geckos. I normally have a few here in my office. I don't see one right now but they pop in the occasionally and just go like make this sound so it's part of my royalty free ambiance so absolutely love my nature so i want to talk to you a little bit about this trauma and this topic of that because it absolutely fascinates me how this is something that of course it's continuously showing up in our life it's continuously affecting us and you know just deeply affecting our lives in a very negative sense because at the end of the day when you look at your life when you look at our lives all that we want is for our lives to move and go back to the way that um, that it was before the trauma started. So I was just making sure I was not having a technical glitch here, but I seemed to be seemed to be okay. And so <laughs> um, I'm a tech geek, but even I sometimes don't get it right. so but I, I'm okay with that, all going well. And so when we look at trauma, it fascinates me because at the end of the day, trauma, I've noticed when you look at the patterns, when you look at the, if you have to ask like, what purpose would trauma serve? Because the, when you look at things just happening in general, you can I'm sure in most cases, you can't find, oh, wow, that actually did serve a purpose at the end of the day. When your traumatized perspective or your stress perspective or opinionated perspective has now shifted and it's calmed down and you're able to take in more information, you're you're able to take in a broader perspective, that is when we now can look at seeing, oh, okay, there's something more to this. Extra things also happened that I couldn't observe and see that actually did play a tremendously big role, and how this traumatic or s- stressful event actually shaped something and and moved a person onto a different path or created a different you know algorithm in their life, because what I've come to learn is that when you look at evolution, the only reason why evolution has continued to shift and train change, is because that person or the organism or the animal was exposed to stress factors. And these stress factors forced this organism, person, or animal to start to adapt and to change. Stress normally is what causes a comfort cycle or or a pattern to shift and change. If there wasn't any stress and things continued the way that it probably continued, we would still probably have dinosaurs all around us. But there was a mirror, there was a huge stress factor that caused and shaped the, the functioning of the world and how everything changed. So, when you look at the role and the purpose of stress, it plays a tremendously big role in terms of how we have evolved. Where would we be today if we were not exposed to stress? What would our lives be like if we didn't have that stress it's a very good question to ask and a very interesting question to ask as well and i was thinking about this the other day because this is a topic that i'm very very passionate about and i was thinking because when we look at metaphysical anatomy technique and the the concept of trauma and discussing that for you here when we look at um adventures within it's a great question you have to post that on Instagram. I'll happily answer your question. Solution for where go. Because I do ask Yvette on Instagram. So ask your question there. My team will grab it for you. I would love to answer it. Brilliant question. Just acknowledging here. I'm not ignoring you. <laughs> and so when we look at trauma and the way that we respond to trauma, that is also what defines how we cope with it. That is how it defines whether do we become resilient? Towards the trauma, or does it actually end up causing a certain malfunction in the organism, person, or animal's body? Because of course, if we weren't able to overcome the trauma, what happens? We get stuck in coping strategies. It changes our psychology, it changes the the functioning of the body. It changes a lot. Now, if you become resilient, there's not that much negative change, but much more so positive change. Which means that the person, animal, organism can can positively continue to move forward from this this stress point. Now, when we look at the stress point as well, we also have now parts and aspects where we have our ancestral predispositions that's coming forward as well. Because now, remember, at the end of the day, you are an expression of your ancestors. You're an expression of your ancestors. It's absolutely naive for people to think, well, how can, you know, my diabetes that I have right now have anything to do with what happened to my ancestors? A lot. <laughs> a lot. Right? So if you haven't watched the documentary, it's a BBC documentary, Ghost in Your Genes. There you go. Normally that helps me to save me a lot of time to debate this topic because I'm, I'm well past that now. This is an absolute well-known fact. We know that. We know how our ancestral trauma and their life, you know, predispositions and experiences can have a deep, deep effect on our quality of life, on ailments that surfaces in our life. Because a third of our lives is ancestral predispositions. Another third is how we react to trauma in our lives based on our resilience and also how we, you know, bring our own biological makeups and factors towards this environment with us from our womb stages. And the other third is epigenetics. A third of our life is ancestral trauma. My God, that's a lot. That's a lot. Because what's happening now here also is that when you, when you look at this, just the third of your life, and you look at these predispositions that's coming forward, <clears throat> they make you resilient in the face of certain stressful environments. Or they can make you feel weakened within certain stressful environments. It really depends on what your ancestral traumas threshold was towards maybe bad weather, maybe famine, maybe poverty, maybe emotional abuse. Whatever it is that caused stress in their life, there's a certain level of resilience, a certain level of vulnerability Towards that stress that has been recorded in the biological body. Because why? The biological body records and stores everything that either has threatened its life or caused its stress. Because the body programs it to remember what that felt like so that it can avoid that kind of experience in the future. Because it records that as being stressful. It's not good for me. But now, of course, we have a advanced frontal cortex, and sometimes we feel the discomfort of something that's not good for us, but we override that with the frontal cortex, and we actually talk ourselves through the stress. Now, this can be good and bad. Sometimes we have to talk ourselves through stress because old fears are being triggered from the past, and it's not actually real anymore in our lives because it's past ancestral fears, and now we can actually allow ourselves to consciously try to move through that. But what if the body is now also actually bringing up this fear and it's saying, "Hey, this is not good for you right now, stop. But we push through anyway. Because maybe there's a part of your biological mechanisms that's actually reached a certain threshold. And it's saying, if you do that, then I'm going to have a headache or I'm going to have back pain or we're going to have something flare up because you're not listening to me. So there's a very fine line in terms of how the body acts and reacts. And that's also why, you know, I'm such a big fan of, I mean, of my own book, <laughs> Metaphysical Anatomy, which is all about... You know, psychosomatic stress behind 679 medical ailments. And it's really important that we look at how certain stressors of the ancestry can come forward in your body. Because it's been triggered because the threshold for you and your biological makeup to resist that or to keep it under control has now reached its limit. And then just the slightest bit of stress can actually set it off. It can set it off. A really good example sometimes, even, is when you look at someone who has lung cancer. Um, say, for example, say um, one person smoking, they don't get lung cancer, but the other person smoking, and then they end up getting lung cancer. And maybe they had the exact same traumatic stressor points in their lives. Well, why would one get lung cancer and the other one wouldn't? Well, the only answer here that I can give you is if you look at their predisposed resilience to this trauma and stress in their life. So the one with cancer probably has had a heightened, meaning an oversensitive predisposition that's now reaches limit. And smoking just, bum it just triggered that and, that. and that could have caused the ailment to come forward. Whereas the other person, their, their level of resilience towards the stress that they've experienced is probably still quite strong. So now we have a huge difference. And when you look at ancestral trauma as well, um, at least 50% from my my research, after having worked with more than 6,000 people one-on-one, having taught in more than 40 countries worldwide, you start to see patterns. I'm an observer. I love to observe algorithms in people, their behavior, their patterns, how they talk, how they react, how do they react to certain trauma and stress or points in their life. And what I've come to learn is that at least 50%, At least 50% of a person's phobias is a direct result of ancestral trauma, direct result of ancestral trauma. That is a classic example of how ancestral trauma can trigger you, how that can show up in your life right now. Hoarding is another great example. You know, feeling that sense of lack that maybe financial deprivation, maybe people lost their homes. Maybe there was a huge sense of loss. There was poverty. There was famine. And now suddenly it's an emotional trauma maybe that caused the person to feel a sense of deep lack. And now triggered this whole string of ancestral trauma. Maybe because that person's threshold in terms of how they would cope and deal with maybe lack has now been so broken down that 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 their sensitivity to the ancestral trauma that's now coming through has been so lowered and maybe they felt so emotionally unresourceful in that moment of trauma. And boom, there's the expression. So you see, it's tremendously amazing and phenomenal how ancestral trauma can continue to come through in our lives. And I absolutely love this topic. So I really, this is what I wanted to talk to you guys about for today. But I am going to be talking a lot more about this topic, but I kind of just wanted to leave you with that and and hear what your comments are, hear what your, your ideas about this are as well. And I, wanted, I would love to hear from you in the description box. You know, leave your comments, leave your um, um, values, leave your feedback as well. Be nice, but it shares things at least that's educational because, you know, this is such a wide topic. Absolutely right. So I would love to hear what your your perspectives also is on that. And so, guys, also remember here to subscribe. Also, here with me, stay up to date because I love to talk about these really great topics and have a wonderful, beautiful Wednesday. I have a lot of clients today, so I have to get going. It's busy, and then this weekend also we have the level one metaphysical anatomy healing technique coming up. So you can find out so much more at evetrose.com. And guys, until next time. Be the light that you are. Bye, everyone.